And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a fantastic interview for you. The man that just won the Bantamweight World Grand Prix in Bellator, the new champion, Patchy Mix. Well, we are lucky enough to have what I call the million-dollar man, the guy that just won the Bantamweight World Grand Prix, pocketing $1 million as a bonus. Patchy Mix, you went through that tournament like you were just cruising, man. How you feeling, brother? Feel good, man. You know, uh, uh, reality is just setting in a few days later. Um, it's kind of surreal. It happened so fast. You know, I was expecting a 25-minute war or, I knew it could be that, but, um, you know, I'm just happy with the result. Um, you know, of course, obviously I think I threw like five strikes and I, I found the kill shot early. Oh, that you did. I, I wanted to, I wanted to start this whole thing, this segment off with you though, on it is I want to talk about each fight individually and how it all came, you know, what was like, what was it like getting the call from Coker that you were going to be in the tournament? And then what was it like getting the call from Coker or, you know, Kogan, whoever called you and said, Hey, Horaguchi is going to be your first yeah. fight. What, what was that? Um, I think it was Ali that, uh, I knew the tournament was, you know, it could be like, um, you know, it was brewing for a while. Mm -hmm. Stotts had a win over MAGA mm -hmm. and then he did a super cool post-fight interview. Um, he was calling for the tournament. I think the first one, like very vocal about it. And then when I beat Gallagher, I called for it in my post-fight interview as well, mm -hmm. like backstage. So I knew it was coming. And then so I, I win the Gallagher fight. I come back to Vegas. I immediately start training because I know that there's a tournament. And I'm listening to Coker on these interviews and stuff like that. And I'm like, dude, there's tournaments dropping soon, you know. And I'm, I'm getting excited. I know all eight guys that are all ranked because now they got the rankings. You know, the whole committee made yeah. rankings now. And Ali calls me, and uh, he tells me that I got Kyoji first round. And I was I was nervous at first because I knew that he just got caught by Pettis, and he was winning like 88 strikes to like 12, you know. And I was there cage side, and I was like, damn, he looked really good in that fight. And um, I might have drew one of the hardest guys first round. Um, and I know I didn't look as well in my Gallagher fight because my camp, you know, I knew that my preparation was kind of not as well for it. What happened in that? So what, I was real nervous. What happened in that camp? Uh, that camp was hard for me, man. Just getting adjusted to Vegas was hard. Um, losing to Juan Archuleta was very hard for me too, you know. I went through a long – I had to refine myself, you know. I had to find, um, like, the passion for MMA, you know. I was undefeated for six years. I did four fights a year, 24 fights. Um in six years, I was undefeated my whole career. You know, I was so set on my O that, you know, I never wanted to lose, you know. And um, to get my undefeated record kind of taken, um, and I kind of took it for myself, you know. Uh, I wanted to fight for a title so bad that, you know, um, I didn't even think about the preparation. You know, we were supposed to fight July 24th. I think I was more prepared for that day, you know, because then when – we, he had gotten COVID. They told me it was going to be in December or like, you know, we're not going to fight for a while. So I went back home. It was my birthday. I went to the beach, you know, I was hanging out with my friends and then they called me for the fight when I was back home. I just, it was my, I would turn 27, August 16th. And they called me right around that time for the fight to be in September, like a month, you know, right before then. So I was like, 
you know, it was a lot of guaranteed money and I wanted to take it. And I thought I could finish them because I trained with them, you know, naive to like think like if it has to be a 25 minute war, am I going to be ready for that? You know, I was just so set in my brain that I mean, truly in my brain thinking that I could finish them, that it didn't start unfolding till the fight was happening. It was kind of my, like my worst nightmare. I could hear the commentary like, you know, even almost talking because it was such a silent arena. And I was thinking, oh, my God, Pat, this is how you're going to lose. And, um, <laughs> Sorry, throw me the laugh. Nuts, we, 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 apo- we apologize for that. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't bad. It was, uh, it was an experience I needed. But And it was like going against TJ and Dwayne Bang Ludwig and these guys, you know, to say I wasn't intimidated would be, um, at the time, would be naive. You know, I, I got in there and I thought I had it all figured out. And then. I had a little bit of adversity and then it went downhill and I couldn't mentally keep myself in it. I got into a fight, like into a firefight and I didn't shoot no takedowns. I was talking to the corners. I was, my coach is like telling me, looking at me in my face and like trying to get me to come back. And I'm like so out of control in my, of myself because that, you know, I am like a fighter at heart too. So like, one of the biggest things is I'm like that as well. So like it kind of was like my own uh, detriment there. You know what I mean? But um, it was an experience to learn from. So like it was, um, that's what happened in that camp. So like I went through a little bit of, you know, the Morales fight and Gallagher fight. It wasn't the most motivated. Um, And then when they said a million dollars, like, Oh my God, it, it gave me a clear path back to the mm-hmm. title, gave me a clear path to what I wanted. And with each fight now, it gave me a chance to get better. So like Horiguchi was the first one and he like really lit a flame underneath, underneath me because I knew how great he was. 30 wins, all these knockouts, dual promotion champion. Um, so when I started um, that camp, I just was really motivated and I like put in a real training camp for it. And then when I seen the results, I was like, oh, shit, Pat, this is what you can do. So I went back to the gym and started training again. And it was forever till I fought MAGA. But I made humongous improvements, like, in my striking, my grappling, everywhere. And I don't even know if a lot of people seen it in the MAGA fight because, you know, I was just, I'm still getting used to it. So when I went in that fight, I really wasn't loose on my feet till the second round where I threw a knee and hurt him, almost threw a like a wheel kick almost almost took him with that and then he shot in like you know so i'm like advancing my striking a lot in the gym as well and now this one was my chance to show it you know let's talk about your transformation because you living in new york you were actually training in albuquerque new mexico at jackson winkle john's for quite a while as a professional and then you made the you made that transition over to extreme couture what was the reason for that transition so I was like six and or six or seven and oh out of Jackson's with all finishes, you know. Um, when I was when I first had gotten there, I was like a little fish and a big, you know, like a big fish coming from a dip. You know, what I mean, small pond. You were, the, you were the big fish small in pond. New York in a little pond, and yes. then you went into all of a sudden you were the small fish in a big pond. Yes, but like back then, Ray Borg was training for Demetrius Johnson. You know, I was beating Ray in the gym. I was beating John Dodson in the gym. I was beating all these guys being able to submit guys, being able to go with all these guys. And it was just new to me at the time. Like I I was almost starting to believe it myself. Like I couldn't believe it. You know, I was able to go with these guys. And for a while it was good to train there because I was on the level. But as I gotten better, 
I got past that level. And then as time went on, the gym started separating. Like I was going there for my camps, but each time I went there, like all the guys that were really good that I was training with were doing their own things and separating because like politics, like Jackson Acoma's opened up out there. It took like Landon, John, Ray, all these people that I trained with. And then when I would go train with these guys, there was like scrutiny. Like you can't go train there because in reality, I just want to be the best. So I need to train like no matter where I go, I don't care what logos on the wall, where it has to be. I have to train with the best guys and um, shit. I'll go train like I do with, like I did with Juan. He has a win over me. I have to put my ego aside. You know what I mean? That sometimes to train with the best guys to get the best work. So as Jackson's was splitting up, they went that way. Cowboy Cerrone went to the ranch. He took like 15, 20 guys that way. It split all these different ways. And then when COVID had happened, we started doing these things called pod training. You could only do like three people or four people per session. And it was like very hard for me to, to now leave New York, leave my family, go spend time. And I'm not trying to sound rude, but Albuquerque is horrible. <laughs> horrible. Live in Albuquerque for the time about around people that are you know there's no going back to albuquerque yeah right no going back to Albuquerque. he's like i'm cool with that my dad my dad used to live there so i know what it's like horrible man and then like (laughs) just there's like not the best influences there anyways because it's like a lot of people at the time were like hobbyists not professional fighters not world champions like i was trying to aspire to be and um you know i think it was important to uh when I had lost that fight to reassess, you know, I need to be in a training room with world champions. And like Ali gave me the idea after that to leave Jackson's and come to Vegas. Cause Habib and um, the, the entire team coach Hav was going to come here for Islam's camp. I think it was like, he was fighting. I don't know who it was Dan hooker, maybe uh, Bobby green. It was one of the fights where yeah. Islam hadn't been champion yet, yeah. but he was coming up and like, this is when like I got to roll with Islam and then I got to train with these guys and I got to roll with Abdi Baker and I got to roll with Umar and um, um, Zabira, um, all these guys. And I got to see how good Islam was. Like this is when he was submitting like guys that were like 185 pounders in the UFC that were competing for the titles and shit. He was, he was already submitting guys that like you would never expect. And he was getting them multiple times in a round. So you're saying that so, like, you're I, saying he's good. <laughs> yeah he's the best well he's the best grappler i've ever grappled so like i started training with those guys and then um that's why i came to vegas at first and then i found home at extreme sorry when i first came to uh when i get, came to vegas i trained with them and i found home at extreme couture and ali put me here so um i just thought it was a good fit and uh you know i just found home here you know but the, so those guys, but you train with Umar. You were you and I were talking on Saturday night in Hawaii. Yeah. And you said, "Man, he he's he's actually a lot better than than a lot of people were thinking, and not a lot of people have said, yeah. realized how good his grappling is, his wrestling is, because he's more of a Taekwondo style stand up guy." Oh, he's really good. Um, his kickboxing's really good. His like head kicks, his push kicks, he could keep you to the face from like anywhere. He's very dangerous, um, not just in the striking, but also his top control. He's got great guillotines. He's got this kid's really, really good. Like Umar, I think he's like, I mean, he could fight for UFC title tomorrow. Like he very, he really is that good. I've trained with him. Um, he's my favorite, one of my favorite training partners that you know that I've ever trained with. Yeah. Like uh, 
but his last opponent was a tough that guy's really tough mm. like that guy's not no slouch i'm telling you and the way he put him out i was actually there i went to watch it because i wanted to show some support for him and like i'm already living in vegas so i drove the 10 minutes to watch nice. it and oh my god man that was like that was hard to watch yeah you know no really it was hard. actually really good to watch you're talking about ronnie barcelos is it was yeah. his opponent mm -hmm. And his he head hit the mat so bad. Oh, yeah. It's hard, bro. It yeah, was, that, uh, that it was part so of it is. so quiet in the apex at the time, too. Mm. But you got it. You know, Umar's in that position that you're lucky at this point. You've got the you've got that belt. You got that bantamweight title as far as the tournament. Everybody, even though they know you're they know how good you are, now everyone either has to fight you or they want to fight you. When you're Umar over there, all those yeah. guys in the rankings, they're all like, oh, no, he, no, 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 not, 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 you. yeah. And you know how good he is. And that's, you know, Josh and I talk about it all the time. It's not about rankings. Guys in the gym know, you know, it doesn't matter what promotion you're with, it doesn't matter anything. When you're training around those guys, you train with guys, you go, oh, yeah, this guy is a monster. That guy, yeah, he's the champ. Yeah, he's good. Some guys can also hold out at the top, too, because. When they're at the top, it's you know there's guys that could potentially beat them, but they might have to work their mount the, up this mountain to get there. That's right. And some guys never work up that mountain. Some guys mm -hmm. fall short. Some guys retire. Some guys get knocked out, never come back. Some guys get hurt. So it's hard to get to the top of the mountain to get a chance at these guys. You know that's why it was so hard for me to watch. Like, you know, I love Dominic Cruz and I love all these guys, man. But it's like trying to get ranked over them. It was so hard because all they do is fight each other. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's like, how do how do you ever get up there to compete with who they deem as the best when the best have only competed against each other? You know, you, all you need is one crack and there, one little slip up, like similar to how the Chandler experiment went. Like, you know, he went over there and he did great and he almost won the world title in a, at the cross promotion, you know, which a lot of people deem, like, let's say they think like, the UFC is um, superior when, you know, it's, it doesn't matter the promotion, you know, it just matters the skill set of the ind individual fighter and all, all of us kind of could match up well against, you know, promotion, promotional champions, I believe of, across the board, you know, well, we, we, who says that <laughs> we, we <laughs> look, look, I'm not like, I've, I've said this, I don't know how many times I know people think I'm extremely biased and I am when it comes to my friends, I'm a fucking Homer. But when it comes to the to the top level fighters in this organization, whether at one or PFL or the UFC, yeah. you've got to be real with yourself. I've talked about you being one of the best grapplers, if not the best grappler in the world. Everyone's like, oh, no, Aljo's way better than him. Or Rob will be able to control him. And, and look, you don't even need to say anything because I don't want to put you on the spot. But, bro, we talk to coaches, managers, other fighters at Extreme Couture's and other locations that talk about how good you are. And how some fighters in other organizations and just even some fighters in the gyms just don't want to train with you anymore because you're They've so decided they don't like training with you. Why, Patchy? You're a good guy. Man, it's weird. It's like the ego <laughs> trips. A lot of guys don't want to humble themselves. Like tonight, man, I'm going to go roll with Andy Varala because he's like training to go get ready for this Taza guy. And like, I want to also give him a good look. Like, but me, Andy outweighs me. He's stronger than me. He's better than me at jujitsu, to be honest with you. It's going to be. That's a nightmare, but I'm going to go roll with them, you know what I mean? Because I want to try to get better, you know what I mean? He has something to offer me. So a lot of these guys, they don't do that. They like, 
run from it and like they okay if i like submit them a couple times in a round which i don't even try to like you know like i'm not trying to run it up on someone to, for an ego trip i'm really just trying to train and if they give back to me i won't even try to you know what i mean i'll try to be modest with training but it's like guys don't like to lose and i don't mind losing so it helps me get better you know what i mean a lot of guys have this ego thing in mma where they're like or they think like if they have a fight they, they don't want to lose. But realistically, like, I don't mind losing in the gym because the last thing I want to do is lose out there again. There is no losing in the gym. Yeah. It's it's training. The, it doesn't yeah, matter. That's it, right. doesn't, it doesn't, you don't hold weight to it because it doesn't go on your record. So for me, it's just about competing with myself every day. So that's why I try to go with the best guys. But a lot of these guys, they don't want to do that for some reason. I don't know why. Let's get back to your first fight against Horiguchi what was that experience like that was a year ago in, in Hawaii uh, he was good man uh, it was hard I literally left the fight limping and stuff because he was so uh he like he lures you in he really is good at what he does I'm telling you I think he matches up so well with so many other guys I can't wait to see what he's able to do because he like lures you in and he hits hard like he don't just he cracks he can hit hard and he can kick too like he he booted the shit out of my legs and he kicked me like in my like my um my neck almost. Yeah. He almost got it up to my head one time. He kicked me right in my neck. I was like, damn, if that was higher, that could have been on my chin line. Shit like that, where he, like I wasn't expecting him to be as explosive or as good. Um and he has like good submission defense. Like I'm surprised, like no one survives me that long at this type this stage of my career. Like you tell me that I could control you for However, I had 12 minutes of control on him or something. If I was able to control you for 12 minutes, you tell me that I can't submit you. I'm like mind blown by that. You know, like I go with guys that come, that train for the ADCCs and I could submit them in that much time, multiple times. So it's like for him, I was like, I, you know, and I gave it my all. I just have, I give him credit. Like, you know what I mean? I think he really is as good as people make it seem. You know what There's I mean? a topic that John and I just had on our last podcast. Is he the best Japanese fighter ever? Oh yeah, I think so. Man. You got you got Sakuraba, Saki. You got uh... even his losses. He's only been caught by like Ascara and Sergio. If he doesn't get caught, he's like thirty three and two or something. I don't yeah. even know. Craziness. Yeah. But he lost to DJ eight years ago to the day or mm. something. I seen it. I yeah. just watched the video. Four fifty nine of the fifth round. He made it with an arm. I mean, he was going to lose the fight, but the submission was four fifty nine. Held on for that. Oh one yeah. Second. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> He's like, damn. He would have never been submitted, you know what I mean? He would have never been submitted. Nah, it's because DJ did something that I, you know, I couldn't. I'm like, damn, you know, it's, you know, it's all, it's all great. That's what I think. That's how I think in my brain, you know. But um, it's crazy, man. It was a good fight though, and it was, uh, you know, like going against Mike Brown and them. They're real prepared too. Oh yeah. Like I kept taking them down in his corner, and they like. They knew acts. They knew all the shit I do. You know, I was like grinding my teeth at Mike Brown. Like, damn man. Oh, he, Mike, Mike Brown. He he, he he studies tape, oh. man. He knows everything that you're good with. He's one. I think he's. I job. seen him at high rollers. I seen him at high rollers like two months before that, a high rollers event that I wasn't even competing in, and I was just gloating so much about Horiguchi, and you could see my eyes. They were like sparkling, talking about all of his accolades, his record, how he's been caught. He shouldn't have been lost. He could be the best Japanese fighter. I was telling Mike Brown this before I even fought him. Uh, and then I got booked to fight him. And at the end of the conversation, I, I didn't even know if Mike Brown knew who I was. I was like, you know who I am, right? And then, at the, uh, and then next thing you know, I'm fighting him. And like, 
at one point before I fought Horiguchi, we were in um, opposite locker uh-huh. rooms, and I could see into the locker room. And I mean, I get all weird before I fight, so I'm staring from our locker room to theirs, and like I'm watching for like three minutes without moving, and I'm at our doorway, and like Horiguchi's not looking at me; he's doing his own thing. He doesn't even want to get engaged in this stupid <laughs> mental thing that I'm doing. And Mike Brown is looking at me, and he keeps feeling like my energy, staring at him from the doorway. That Mike Brown like calmly just like walks over to the door that they're warming up in and just like closes it <laughs> while I was staring at him. It was a crazy, crazy experience. Pachi's like, how you like me now? Huh? How you like me now? <laughs> but I was so tuned in because, you know, it's just like having the opportunities like to fight him is like, you know, the name was everything. But, um, you know, obviously with losing to Juan, like each time I get a chance now to fight the a name, I feel like it's like the biggest fight of my life. So when I got to fight Horiguchi, now that's the biggest fight of my life. As far as I'm concerned, I'm 0-0, no records matter. I don't care about my finishes, his finishes. All I know is this, I'm playing my cards against his cards, and I'm trying to finish him. And like, it was Horiguchi, and then it went to Magomed. Each name got bigger for me, in a sense, like, because it was worth more. So now Horiguchi, now Maga, now and when... I was so happy they booked Sergio versus Pitbull because it took a little pressure off me for this fight. I didn't think like this was the end goal. For me, it was like, now this is like a semifinals fight to me against Stotts now, even though it's the finals, because I have a name to look forward to at the end of this. And now it's like, you know, we what I want, you know, it's the, it's the name. So it's like, I got to work up to Horiguchi, see how great I was. I got to work up to Maga, see how great I was, because that was a name. Stotts, see how great I was. Who knew 80 seconds, you know? I didn't, I knew I could and I'm capable of it, but I'm cold as ice and I'm calm now. So now what if Patricio Pippa wins and I could fight him? That's the name. That's the guy. And I want to, I want to see my cards against his cards. Patchy Mix versus Patricio Pippa. I want to play my cards because I have a lot of finishes. I'm one of the most dangerous people he's ever fought, you know? What was your experience for training camp, and how did you get ready for, for MAGA? Because MAGA is phenomenal wrestler. He's got great submissions. He's very awkward on the feet. You know, what What was your training camp like for someone like him? Okay, so it just so happened that I had to train, because I trained at Extreme Couture with Saeed Nuragamegov, mm-hmm. and he's on the mat. So anytime, like, and Saeed's not giving me, he doesn't really speak much English to me. And me and him, we are going at it. It is like, this is hardcore, um, competitive, is as competitive as it gets, you know? And like, he's not, so like, I wouldn't say he like necessarily helped me with anything. He was just like my rival training partner for four weeks leading up to that because he was getting ready for a fight. So with my knowledge, any chance I could see him on the mat, I ran over to him and was like, let's spar, let's grapple. And like, believe me, man, like he, he spins and does a lot of stuff similar to Maga Meta, mm-hmm. um, Maga. Yeah. So, and then his grappling too. So like, you know how like I catch Maga in the guillotine and it's so hard to sweep him because they, the Russians, what they do, not the Russians, but like they him in general he puts his outside foot up so he can't get hook sweep and he has like real um flexibility in his hips so he doesn't like go over easy so like i'm using all my energy if you if you don't know how to like sit in that position and rock there and like wait for your sweep 
you're, he's going to blow his head out and pass your guard. And like Saeed is a very good at that. So if I catch him in that position, he's so flexible. He puts his foot up and I'm not sweeping him at all. You know what I mean? So like a, a lot of these positions I was in, I felt like I was so competitive against someone so recent in. And like me and him were going at it so hard. Like we were playing for keeps on everything during training because I think he had a fight coming up. I had a fight coming up. And then also like, I think I'm fighting this country, man, too. So like, he's not playing with me. You know what I mean? He's like this, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know how to explain it. Like we're going at it, I think, more intense than I think we normally would. You know what I mean? Because I think he knew MAGA a little bit too. You know what I mean? So he wasn't trying to help me. He was trying to like no, get the better. Trying, no. You know well, what I mean? Not, they're always ask, trying to win. They're always trying they're to always. win. Yeah. Yes, hundred percent. Even in their even in their no dribble basketball. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but let me ask you this. And I've heard different things from different guys. You've been in the tournament now. Was it nice for you knowing look if I beat this guy, this is this is the guy that I'm probably gonna be facing. Or yeah. the next, you didn't have to wonder when your next fight was really, or who you were fighting, and it's the same thing now going forward. You have yeah. Pettis facing a, a pit bull. Is it nice for you to to have that knowledge that hey, this is the next, this is my next fight right here? Yeah, man, I was freaking eight zero, and I fought for the Fighter Source Tournament as an amateur, and I was going to go to Brazil and get this huge uh, contract. Um, and all this stuff, and I finished my way through the tournament. I fought Alabama, Syracuse, and I fought in um, uh, California in front of Uriah Faber, and I choked this, the guy out with the same prayer choke that I choked Maga out, um, completely unconscious to win the whole tournament. And, like, I was tuned in that entire year when I was an amateur to turn pro, and, like, it was my best performances. And I remember, you know, I finished off my amateur career like that, and I was going to go pro with this big, like, I had this big thing like back in the day, like I remember the Buffalo News wrote this whole article on me. And it was like, this reminded me of that. And it was just such a relief to know each person that I had something to work for. Like for me, when I got later in my career and older, more money in this, it was harder to stay grounded for a little while. And like the time off it was hard, like not knowing what to do, um, sitting, but going back to Buffalo, not having like the normal training regimen because there's not no one to train with. So it was harder to like, I feel like this tournament, I just lived in Vegas and I kept training and like, it showed me what's next. And I think like, you know, I need to stay focused because this career is so short, you know, you only have this once and I'm 29 years old right now and I need to stay focused and on it. So that's why like, it's even hard for me. Like I want to stay in the gym, but it's like, damn, like even waiting for this one's hard for me. You know, I want to just stay active because it's like, you know what I mean? Like, um... I don't, you know, who's to say, like, let's say Patricio wins, then we got to see what he does at 45. You know, you got Pico and Jeremy up there that are waiting in the wings. I, you know, I I just don't want to wait, you know. I hope Patricio is motivated by what I just did. If he goes out there and beats Pettis or Pettis wins, Pettis looks to stay active, you know what I mean, because he's been off for so long. I just want to, you know, have a turnaround that's not going to put me on the shelf for like eight months mm -hmm. or you know what I mean? Totally uh, to a year. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you know, why not? I want to strike while the iron's hot and uh, just, you know, keep improving because I feel like when I'm consistent, that's when you get the best version of me. It's But it's risk-reward, though. I mean, I I think you know this. Like, you can't afford to yeah. really take a fight in between, especially if it is Patricio. No, you can't. You can't, but you just got to stay, try constantly trying to get better. 
stay in, kind of not stay in camp, but stay in the gym and just, you know, improve certain little things you know you yeah, can get better. Yeah, improve and find. Yeah, find like little goals that I could reach mm-hmm. that I can um, hit without competing, you know, without um, like I was thinking about it when I was home. Like, you know, I was thinking Danny Sabatello talking all that shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was just thinking, I was just thinking, you know, I was like, you know, put me on that, you know, saying put me on that card. And then I was exactly you said, Josh, I'm like, nah, you know what? There's no point in taking a fight because what the, what this fight does now is huge. You know what I mean? Um even for the claim to be one of the best bantamweights, because let's say Patricio does be, if let's say he is successful, I have a chance now to fight a guy that has a knockout win over the guy next that's fighting Conor McGregor. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? true. Like, you got to think about that in my brain. You know what I mean? Like, Patricio Pipple knocked out Chandler, who's fighting Conor McGregor, and Michael Chandler could win this fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Until it's over. Who knows? Yeah. And I'm thinking... You know, I have a chance here to really, like, there's all these other champions in Bellator that could claim to be the best in the world. Um, I mean, Patricio's even... Hold it. Could be, Aren't you one of them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right now yeah, I yeah. am. Right now I am. But think about this. I, I'm one of, let's say, of a group of five men that could claim, stake, like, lay claim to that. But Patricio is also the 45-pound champion, and they claim him to be one of the best at that mm-hmm. weight, too, you know, even comparing him to Volk. What if he comes down as successful and I beat him at 35? You know, if I beat him at 35, how can they say that another 35-pounder is better than me? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I could beat him. So it gives me an opportunity of a lifetime with a chance to fight him. You know, I think Pettis has a great opportunity himself. And I'm, I'm sure he's working hard to try to take advantage of it. Yeah. I'm just hoping he doesn't do it before <laughs> me, you know, because like, and, and, you know, this is a tough task. Like, you know, Patricio Pitbull, like we're talking about an absolute killer. That's a finisher. So in order for me to go out there, you know, I know I'm putting my neck on the line in order, you know, for him to come try to take me out too, but it gets me up and I'm, I'm just praying that uh, it works out well and um, you, I, you know, I really believe that. Just I match up well. You know, when, I mean, I when, you, when you think about it, though, think about that ten pound drop. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's so a lot. Do, do you think it might affect his performance? Yeah, and then you know, think about how good I am at grappling. You know, I just how much. I mean, how cardio wise to push that pace. That you know, um, I'm different a grappler. You know, I dude, I'm telling you, I've this camp. I was, I mean, some of the guys that were 170 that are ranked in the world, man, I was dominating. So, you, I mean, to think like, and I'm a 35-pounder. So, like, I mean, I have a lot more skills that people haven't seen, and I'm just starting to get, like, grow and get a little bit older to where I'm, like, strong enough to, like, I feel to start using them now. And, um, you know, I'm just excited to see, like, what, like, I. it's a quote that my coach is saying, like, we're not really trying to, like, have people worried about what we're doing in the past. I'm just trying to move forward and show them like each one I'm going to get better. You know what I mean? Like Max Holloway was so young and he was doing it and he was great. And like, he is still so good and he's getting better. It's like, I'm looking at these guys and I drew inspiration from that man. Like, you know, why can't I be like them? You know, I have all the accolades. I have the same records. I have the same amount of wins. Like Israel Desanya just knocked out Alex Perea, shot arrows at him. You know what I mean? I was like, in my brain, I was like, why can't I knock this guy out who's 19 and one? 
I don't need that celebration, but I'm saying, you know what I mean? It's, it's feasible to do. And, um, I'm not afraid to go try to reach and see how hard, you know, how far I can go anymore. Mm. You know, I'm not afraid to fail on the way to doing that. I'm not protecting a zero anymore. So, you know what would, I mean? I'm free. Would you say, cause you and I talked about it on last Saturday night. Would you say that's the best thing that ever happened to you? Was that loss to Juan? Yeah, you guys said it best, man. And I listened to the podcast actually before the mm-hmm. fight. That is the best thing that's ever happened to me. It was um, a although it sucked, re- but yes, it sucked, man. Yeah. It sucked, but it's the best thing that's ever happened to me, and it showed me what I've been working for for three years. Why I was so upset. Why I had a chip on my shoulder. Why I kind of let you know this because it meant something to me, and something was missing. And you know what? I got the belts that were missing. You know what I mean? I needed those to complete who I was at the time. You know what I mean? And now I went and got those. So now I can continue my path to what I want. And that's like a legacy. You know, I want to create my legacy. You know, I already have the most finishes in Bantamweight history. I have the most submissions in Bantamweight history, not even counting my one in Ryzen. Now I want to, I'm in the history books. I want to be the best Bantamweight champion. And you know what? I have the opportunity to now. You know, like, more let, me, let me ask you this. Your time between your fight with Juan Archuleta and now your fight as the finalist and winning the, the Bantamweight Grand Prix, how much better percentage-wise are you? Oh, man, I'm a whole different fighter, man. Okay. I and couldn't this, even... And this is my point. I'm, t- I'm telling you. You know, Josh and I, when we watch tape and things like that, I see so many more things that people now have to prepare for compared to the guy that fought Juan Archuleta. And that is your goal for the rest of your career is every time someone has to watch tape on me, they now have to prepare not only for all that. There's another. There, here's 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 another one. Here's another one. Here's another one that you have to prepare for. You do that. You're the guy that nobody beats. Yeah, and then, you know it's all um, it's all up to me. So like, you know, I'm dribbling the ball, and um, you know, I gotta make I gotta make sure that I'm focused and I'm on point, and that's what I'm gonna do. And um, it's just motivating, you know. And now to to get it financially is great too you know because now you're a champion you get paid as a champion so you know i want to keep this i want to um you know i had opportunity it was an opportunity of a lifetime to change my family's life but with this opportunity you know i now i have a responsibility to like you know what i mean to everyone that's around me my team and that's to control me control myself because if i can control myself i can control anybody in the world you know what i mean and i've shown that to myself so as long as I um, stick with that mindset, you know, I'm just excited to see what I can do, man. You know, let me ask this. Another thing is, let's say you get you get the Patricio fight. He ends up winning. And I don't, I don't want to keep trying to sound like I'm counting Pettis out. Okay. But I know. It's, I it's just, a horrible no, thing because like, you can't. You can't you know? No. Pettis knocked out Horiguchi like that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't him count him out, man. You, we've seen, He's proven you can't count him out. But I'm saying like, look. There you go. You obviously want the Patricio fight. Patricio being the 145-pound champ, the 155-pound champ, and now trying to be the first person in history to win the 135-pound title. If he does that, like, where do you go after you beat him? Do you go up to 45? Because you have the body frame to do it. Or do you just keep running up the keep running up the paycheck at one thirty five, and you know, because there's still guys there for you to fight. Yeah, man, it's hard. You know, it is. Um, I've made thirty five. Like, you know, it just takes it's effort to make the weight. You know, just effort. Like, I didn't have to sit the weight off in a sauna or nothing. I literally worked my weight off. I was jogging around Hawaii that last day, like a couple hours before. I had to cut like two pounds or a pound or something. 
but it's, it's it takes effort man you know over time i'm getting bigger and i want to go up but like you know i i don't i'm not impeding on no one's plans like i got so much love for mads Burnell. like that's one of my main training partners like dude i got love like aaron pico is one of my main guys like well, he was one of my main guys even jeremy i train with now like in vegas and like you know he's he's not one of my main guys but i'm like on the mats with them. Well, he can't, he can't be one of your main guys. He's 180 pounds. The guy's enormous. <laughs> I walked past him in Hawaii. Nice, in I, Hawaii, he was heavy. Too, Bro, he <laughs> is so big. I said, how the hell do you make weight? He's like my height and like one. Me and Jeremy are like, we will both walk heavy. So I get like up there too, though. I'm like 167 some days. You know what I mean? I get big. And Jeremy gets big too. You know what I mean? So it's like, but I, you know what? I think I just, I'm so... I'm leaned out and I'm cut up and I'm sharp and I'm fast at the weight. I like being at 35. I want to just be there. And um, I want one of those guys to eventually, you know, like I think like Mads, Pico and Jeremy, they're all going to be fighting for that belt in the next couple of years. And like, you know, Patricio's got to come down and do his business down here. But I'm telling you, he's got some dude. Those guys are motherfuckers up there, too. You know what I mean? So like. You know, he's losing weight to come down, but he's got to be smart because those guys, you know, if that's where he wants to be, you know, those guys are, I mean, I train with them. It's dangerous, dangerous. Uh, he's gone through the whole division, you know, and now he's kind of got in the, he's getting the new crop that's coming up. You've got Jeremy, you've yeah, got he's Pico, you got, he's got new three big guys, you know, and then you got, he's got, you know, Boric, I know, and stuff. He's got those guys that are there that are young and still coming up. So there's there's a yeah, lot. Yeah, and they're trouble, man. Yeah, they they're trouble. You know, they're not. Uh, you know, they're not no uh, cakewalks. And Patricio has had fights where they're like, I just watched his highlights the other day. Now I'm I become obsessed with these people I fight, so or I have a chance to. So I'm just, you know, I was watching them, and I was like, there's a lot of fights where he's had to come back. You know. Oh yeah. So you know, there's guys that have had success against him, and uh, you know, with guys that have the power of Pico and Burnell, and you know, even Jeremy. You know. Uh, in the size, more importantly than Jeremy, because he's bigger than a lot bigger than Patricio, I think like height wise and stuff like that. Um, but I think those would make for good fights. And um, so yeah, I think let's say everything goes well, I get that Patricio Pitbull fight, and I do win. I think I stay at thirty five, and um, you know I'll be reigning champion at that weight. And one of my one of my longtime teammates out of those three will eventually get their shot in. I think they'll be successful as well, you know, down the line. So let's let's say you beat you beat Patricio. Are you looking to get that one Archuleta fight back? Yeah, man. 100%. <laughs> you know me and Wanner. I know. You know me and Wanner, we're cool too. We, you know, he's shit, a good man. dude, he's man. Killing, he's a good. He's dude. killing it too. I hope we fight. Um, you know, we're gonna obviously now we have. He was a uh, reigning champion. I'm the interim champion, uh, tournament champion. You know, I'm looking to reign after this one. Um, down the line, I'm sure we'll fight, and it will be for bigger, more money, of course, because it was earlier in our career. Now we're better. We're, we have more wins on our records. He's on a tear. He's he's over there in Japan. Yep. And I'm just hoping that um, – I train with that Kai Ascara dude too, man. That Japan tournament, there's four guys over there. I train with Ascara. I fought Yuki, and I fought Juan. I mean, I know three of the four legs over there, and I'm like, one of them are walking with a world title from Japan, and I'm like, it's crazy, man. You know, I think that if he gets the belt over there, it all it just only makes it a bigger fight. You know, think about that. Perfect like, timing. You know, you he's know, got a he's, he's got a tough matchup with Inouye, though. Yo, he does. Oh my yeah. god, that guy's tough too. They're all yep. so tough, you know. And um, 
just think though, you know what I mean? Um, they got uh, that New Year's Super Satama card every year. I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge name in Japan now. I have a win over Horiguchi, and I um, fought 96 seconds against Yuki against Yuki there. So it's like, you know, I have a following there. So I'm just hoping that that. I'm just really hoping that Juan goes out there and gets the piece of the risen belt. You know what I mean? He does. Uh, he does his job. It's only two fights, and I really believe he can do. Just, it. I want you to this is this is something I, I fought over there a couple times. And even when I've been over there recently and not fighting, you still have people that will run. Love they, they love you, man. They run up to you. Oh, the punk, the punk. <laughs> it's like. Dude, they love me in it's uh, crazy. Hawaii. There was a lot of people from Japan yep. there. Oh, yeah. They love oh, yeah. me there, dude. Yeah. Like, I feel bad for Horiguchi, man. Poor guy. I'm thinking about it. Guy. Well, here's I, I wonder. I wonder if we're going to end up starting a 125 pound weight class because we signed Ray Borg, who that was supposed to be at that 125, and, and then he didn't make weight. They agreed on 130 for his first fight back in there, and then he walked away oh, and retired. Man, I know it's like if you wanted to do a 125 pound division, I don't know if that was the best guy to do it with, though. You know, like <laughs> yeah. for him, I think they honestly could have did Horiguchi versus John Dodson because Dodson had one in japan or something or he was like, he also won in the bare knuckle boxing he's been doing he's also good. won in bare knuckle boxing and he also won before that he's on like a little streak now he's like researched his career yep and um i was like he makes he's always known to make weight and like he's exciting nonetheless i think him and horiguchi are like both fast 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 fighters yep but sometimes john does this thing where he like doesn't throw a lot and counter punches so that would have been maybe boring in a sense but if he brought out the, you know, the Dodson that we all know and love, that would have been such an exciting fight. But there's so many. I really do hope they start it for Horbucci because he is a little undersized at 135. Yeah. Yes. But I think that he could beat anyone at 25. You could put him up against, again, against the rematch against Demetrius Johnson tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I wonder how he does in the gym against that guy that Demetrius Johnson fought. Mm. Interesting. That, um, Marai. Marais. Yeah. That, um, Adriano Marai. Because they train together, you know, I'm sure that that's a tough round. He's a lot bigger than 125. He's way bigger. He's way bigger than 125 because they don't do the weight cutting over there in one. He would never be able to make 125. No way. Who, that Morais guy? He'd never be able to make 125. He looks huge. He is huge. It's because he is huge. The guy looks my size. Hey, uh, I'm going to get you out of here on this, though. I got to get a prediction, man. Pettis or Patricio, not who you would like to fight. How do you see that fight going and... Who do you think is going to um, win? I think Patricio Pitbull maybe by like a guillotine. Mm-mm. I don't know. You know, I think he could do something like that. Maybe get under, get him underneath him and like not hurt him or nothing. I think he could just like catch his neck somewhere. Patricio is good at jumping for the guillotine and oh, stuff yeah. like that. I think he could catch it and, um, you know, I think it's either going to go that way or who knows, man. Maybe Pettis. Pettis is on a you – know, Pettis wins this fight though. His last three – would be a win over Juan Archuleta, a knockout over Kyoji Horiguchi, and a chance to be Patricio Pitbull. So, like, Not his bad. three wins. Oh, my God, those are amazing. Yeah. Okay. So and so, and so that would up. be your next opponent. Not bad. Yeah, yeah. I know. And he has yeah. a chance to uh, catch up all that lost time with this fight here. So, you know, more power to him. I wish them both good luck, you know. And um, I'm hoping I'm there, you know. I'm going to talk to Ali, try to talk to, you know, Kogan and Coker. 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 You know, I'm gonna try to be up. I'm gonna try to be up at that booth. It, it, it'd be, it'd be shameful oh, if you man. weren't up there with us at the desk, man. It wouldn't. Be, it'd be shameful. Me and Ali. Me and Ali will be there. Yeah, we're gonna definitely. Uh, we're we're planning on going. To, nah, you gotta be. I, I already heard them talking about you. You going up and talking. Uh, 
perfect fight man. Stuff, so. i'm looking forward to it thank you guys so much for having me Always. i love your show so Hey, awesome, man. Thanks, man. Enjoy having you. Thank you for coming on, everyone. The million dollar man, <laughs> Patchy Mix. Way to go, Bear. That's what I'm calling you from now on. It's I got not these, only no I love. Got these. Yeah, you got two of those. Not bad, this baby. Guy, show me oh, the money. Man. Show me like the money. Look at, him, look at him. He's blushing right now. He's blushing. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell that Patchy Mix is a guy that a lot of people are going to be getting behind. Josh, that was a great interview. He talked a lot about what he's looking at doing in the future. And he talked a lot about the way he trains and, and who he trains with and all those things. And I think that is one of the things that separates him from a lot of fighters. He does go outside of his comfort zone. He does go to other people that are specialists and he does not mind in getting beat in the gym. And that is huge because you know there's a lot of guys out there. They can't let that happen. And he's smart enough to know training is training and the fight is the fight. They are two different things. Yeah, when we talked to him about the learning curve that he had to go through with the Juan Archuleta fight and how it was best that it happened then and not now. Like, can you imagine being in a million-dollar tournament and never have lost and then lose then at the moment that you would love to have the most money and the biggest opportunity Ooh. of your career? I mean... Yep. It, I bet you at that time, he's like, man, my whole world got shut down and lost for the title and went back to the drawing board, got better and comes out and gets it done. Holy crap. Just crazy. Like the way he got it done against Stotts, I would have never in a million years thought it would happen that way. The entire <laughs> tournament. Yeah. You know, you got, if you're going to look at the tournaments and the way they've gone, there's always one guy, it seems, that is just on fire and you know and you and i talked about this before and we were looking and said you know that's the guy that people are gonna have to look out for he's the one right now that he's just got it going and you know when when aj mckee went through the featherweight tournament he was on fire he, he knocked out or submitted everybody and you're looking and going man just same thing for patchy mix he did not submit everyone he did have the one fight with horaguchi that went to a decision but it was the way he dominated that fight yeah. against someone that we know that is that good, probably the best Japanese fighter there's ever been, and just looked fantastic. He's just was he was on fire in this tournament, submitting Magomed Magomedov. Incredible, only guy to ever do that. Mm -hmm. You know, incredible, incredible performances. The way he paced himself, the way he controlled the tempo, the way the way he what he did to Horiguchi. Now you can look at that and say like, look, Horiguchi is. A little undersized for the 135 pound division, but explosive power, good yeah. footwork, all of those things that they gave Patchy Mix problems against Juan Archuleta, right. and um, and then he goes off against uh, Magomedov, who he understood when he talked about. It, it was like I understood he was wild, he was crazy. He'll throw spinning back fists, he'll throw spinning kicks, he'll shoot off of them as well after he misses it or after he lands it, he'll just shoot right from there. Those are just things you, it's hard to prepare for in training. And he understood, I can't just go ahead and rush in to try to get in on the takedown because something may may catch me coming in. Yep. Very dangerous fighter, but he knew that eventually if he if he stayed his course and stayed the pace of the fight, that he would eventually shoot. And when he did shoot, the neck would be free. It'd be available. And we saw when Magomed Magomedov came into the sport. Remember who he fought? He fought Matos, right? Yeah. And Matos dropped Matos. him right away and jumped to his back and wasn't able to finish the choke. But man, it was deep and it was tight. Well, this time he wasn't able to wiggle out and get free. 
and uh and it showed it showed man like uh, apache mix is on a different level when it comes to the grappling and i've i've heard stories all around las vegas got a lot of them we've got a lot of them in terms of and not just not just from fighters but from coaches from opposite ends of the coaches from managers who don't even manage him have talked about how damn good he is um i'm really close friends with jake shields and jake shields says nothing but good things about how damn good he is and I got to be honest, I really kind of right now I'm in this position to believe that he's the best 135 pounder right now in the world. And I know that Aljo just fought. And I know yep. that some of these other guys, you know, uh, just fought. Henry Cejudo is in there. You know, and styles make matchups. That's the thing. Absolutely. Styles make matchups. And so, but I, if I was to match him against Aljamain Sterling, I would take Patchy Mix just because of the levels on the ground and the ability to, um, the ability to hit to the submissions from the front and from the back, not just from the back. Um, I just, I look at it and I go and all the things that people have told me from training, how people don't want to train with him, certain people. And it's not just, you know, one or two top guys, it's several. And to understand where he is right now in his career. Now, I don't know. We're going to see how this all plans out or pans out with uh, Patricio and Pettis. But yeah. it makes for a very fun fight because he's going to end up fighting the winner of that. And obviously, I think if he decides to, if Pettis or Patricio does win the title, and I don't want to, I don't want to count Pettis out. But I'm that, not counting that, Pettis out at no, all. No, that's just it's. But, but the Patricio thing, if you're if you're him, if you're Patchy Mix, Patricio's been the pillar of Bellator since it started. You know, he has been the name. He's been the one, the longest reigning champion. He's been all these things. You know, yeah. um, he's just that guy. He's that guy that everyone like, hey, he's the guy that there's that notch on the belt on the belt or the, the headboard or whatever it is you want to get. He's that guy. And uh and I understand when Mick said, Hey, I want to fight him, I want to fight the best, I wanna I I wanna challenge myself. And nothing against Pettis, but everyone wants to fight the best guy. And if you're not yeah. trying to fight the best guy, then what are you doing? And he's it, I like where he's at right now. I like where he's at I like where he's at. He's He's good on the, he's working on the feet stuff. He's, you know, he's got a long jab. He's got a good push kick. You know, he's obviously now he's got knees and a lot of the fighters that he's going to fight are shorter than him. So it works out perfectly. You got to look at him now as a little bit like a Corey Sandhagen, but reverse rolls. You know, he can throw the knee up the middle, the push kick in the middle. He's not, he's not fantastic on the feet, but he's really damn good on the ground where Corey, he's not, he's good on the ground. He's good on the ground, but but it's not great, but he's fantastic on the feet. So I mean, you look. You got to look at the, that body style, that tall, long, lanky body style at 135 pounds in any weight class. But in 135 pounds, I mean, it's nasty. It's dangerous. It's just I, I keep saying it. It just it benefits them. <laughs> it benefits them with the submissions. It benefits them with the knees at the middle. It benefits them with the jab and the push kicks. If you can learn to utilize that length and that reach, whoo! And he's he's figuring it out. He's figured it out. He's gonna. He's gonna be a. He's gonna be a bitch for a lot of people to deal with for a long time. Yes, he is. Well, I hope you enjoyed our interview with the new champ, Patchy Mix, and I hope that you follow his career because he's got some big fights coming up.